Welcome to Widowcast Podcast, where you learn how to find the strength to get through your journey and the skills to coach other widows. This is not your average grief group. This is your journey group. It just may show you the way to make something amazing come out of the emotional pain and trauma of widowhood. I'm your host, Joanne Philomena. I'm the best-selling author of Widowed and Widow Coach, and I'm a professional certified life coach. Let the healing and your personal journey begin. Hey, welcome to episode 114. Hi, it's Joanne. Welcome back, my friends. I want to talk to you today about getting stuck in the in-between. And let me explain that. This is um, not Stranger Things, <laughs> but it is a place that I think so many of us get stuck, especially after becoming widowed. Right now, I'm in the process of putting my house on the market to sell because I, I want to move across country. And when your house is on the market, and you don't know yet where you're moving into, right? Because you can't go buy another house until you know you've got a contract on your house and, you know, all that rigmarole. I don't know if you've ever sold a house and moved to another one. Um, but it begins to feel like you are stuck in limbo in this in-between place because you're in your current house that you are selling, you're going to be letting go of this house and you're going to move things from this house across the country to another house, right? So while you're in your present house, it feels like limbo. Like I really want to replace that recliner, but I don't want to buy a new recliner and have to move it. So I'll just put up with the old nasty recliner. And then once the house sells, I can throw it away. And when I go to the new house, I can order a new recliner there. It's that kind of limbo. It's like my whole life goes on pause. That's what it feels like when you're doing that. It's like your life is on pause, on hold. Like, do I buy some of those pansies and plant them in the garden? Like someone could like come by the house tomorrow and then those pansies, I would have wasted my time or they would just be for the new owners, right? You're in that in-between space. And I think that as widows, we are forced to make a life transition, right? People transition, usually it's due to a life change or a job change, right? You go through that transitional period. We're forced into that transitional period due to life change. We lose our spouse and suddenly we feel like we're stuck in this in-between place. Because we had our life with our spouse and everything that we had thought about and planned for the future with them and they die and suddenly that's gone and we have no idea what's next. And it's very easy to just stay in limbo, right? It could be while you're in limbo, it could feel tempting to just do the next easy thing. And just like go with the flow. There's a problem with that though. It's a disservice to you 
if you are just staying in limbo or just living by default, it's also a disservice to you if you rush too fast forward. That's just as bad as not taking the next step forward at all. Going with the flow sounds like this really kind of zen, cool thing. Like, you know, I, I recently had a student tell me in class, you know, I just go with the flow. But what that really means is living by default, letting other people kind of direct our lives from the outside. It's like, oh, you want me to do that? Okay, sure, I'll do that. And instead of you directing where you want your life to be, you're just letting other people direct your life. I don't think that's a good thing. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't want my life to be at the mercy of, you know, wherever, you know, quote unquote, destiny takes me. That's, that's living by default. Here's what happens if you live by default. Um, let me go through a couple of steps. These are like coaching steps, right? I am going to be offering soon a little video on five steps for self-coaching. Let's talk about a couple of these because this is how we fall into default. The first step I want to talk to you about is the fact that you are not your life. Does that sound crazy? The world around you, all that that encompasses, does not define who you are. The world around you is filled with politics. It's got murderers, mean people. There's money stuff you're dealing with. There's your job you're dealing with, maybe like your neighbors, your family. All of that does not define who you are. You do not equal the world. We think we we do. I mean, we think that everything around us that's happening in the world is affecting who we are. And it's not. Let me tell you about you. And it's really non-negotiable. There is no evidence to prove this otherwise. So I want you to really take this in. You are a human being. You are 100% worthy. You are 100% lovable and you are 100% capable. You're a human being. You are worthy by default. Nothing you have ever done would ever subtract from that. Nothing that's ever been done to you can subtract to that, subtract from that. You are just this 100% worthy human being. Now, I have people who would argue that with me. You know, like, oh, you don't know what I've done in my past. Consider that I'm right. And we spend, we don't believe that. We don't necessarily internalize that. We think we are what we've been told that we are, right? It's like you grow up with this programming of beliefs and you're taught things. You learn to believe everything your parents believed and your teachers and friends, all those outside influences kind of programs your thoughts, and then we end up trying to manipulate our world to, so that we can feel more worthy. And it doesn't work that way because you are not the world. So manipulating the world is not going to change you in any way. Terrible things that happen to you in your life 
do not define you. Now, is that a little mind-blowing? <laughs> it can be. But, you know, this is like the first step in understanding that all this world around you is not who you are. Your brain is not who you are. Your brain is where all that programming kind of resides. Thoughts come from what we were taught to think and believe. It's not really who you are. I really got very in touch with this when I began working on all of my beliefs around money. And it was fascinating to me. Once I really started digging deep and getting really honest with myself about what I believe about money, how I think about money, and I realized that everything I thought and believed about money was from my parents. Yeah, it was from my parents. You know, they had that the old blue-collar work ethic about money that said, go find a job and you work really hard. And if you work hard enough and do good work and impress your boss, maybe you'll get a raise. But their beliefs were that you had to work hard for money Money wasn't easy. Money didn't grow on trees. All of that stuff. And that was not like my own original thoughts and beliefs. I just never questioned them. I was raised with all these money beliefs and I never questioned them. And when I did start to question them, I found so many fallacies. It's like, I don't want to believe that. I don't want to believe that money is hard. What if I believe money's easy? Oh, wow. There's a, a change. There's a shift, right? So you are not your brain. What if you were always told as you were growing up that you were worthless, that you would never amount to much? That's not who you are. It's what your brain was trained to think because you were being told that. Think right now, stop for a minute and just think. You can pause the podcast and think about what thought you're having right now, right? You can pause this, let your brain ramble a little and pick out a thought. Pause. Okay, did you do it? Did you go like think about what thought you're thinking right now? How did you know? How did you witness that thought? If you were what that thought was, how could you be outside of it and observe it? Yet you were able to do that, right? Because the thought isn't who you are. It's just a sentence that was playing in your head. If I asked you to tell me about you, you'd tell me all about your thoughts. But did you decide those thoughts and beliefs on purpose? No, probably they were all that programming. So here's how this works, right? First, I've told you the world and your life and the whole world around you is not who you are. And your brain and your thoughts are not who you are. Your brain and your thoughts are kind of between you and the world, right? 
There's your life sitting out there. And then there's you sitting in your chair or in your car or wherever you are right now. And in between you and your life in the world are all the thoughts that your brain thinks, all the sentences your brain plays about the world. Isn't that crazy? And your thoughts are optional. You can observe your own thoughts. You can decide if you want to continue to believe a thought you've been programmed with, or if you would like to think something different. That's how you begin to change how you feel about the world. It's crazy, right? But it's so true. This is 100% truth. The more that I work with coaching models, the more I work with coaching people, the more I see this play out over and over and over again. And I know, I know one thing for sure. You are a hundred percent worthy, a hundred percent lovable, a hundred percent capable. You've just been living and thinking by default for so long that you've lost touch with who you are. And we don't lose touch with who we are more than at the moment we lose our spouse. We really flounder. That's, I think, the key difference in the type of loss you experience when your spouse passes away, as opposed to any other kind of loss you can experience. This one affects you so deeply about who you are. And then you get stuck in the in-between. And when you decide to go with the flow, you're really just going with all those thoughts and beliefs that you've always had. Nothing is changing. And if nothing is changing, then you're just living each day the same way you lived the previous day because you're still thinking all those same thoughts. You're letting your brain like put all those sentences out there between you and the world. So now how do you not stay stuck in the in-between right? First way you not stay stuck in the in-between, I keep thinking of it like the upside down. If any of you have watched Stranger Things, to me, it feels like the upside down when you're in that in-between place. The first thing you need to do is get clear about what you do want, okay? And we so rarely ask ourselves, what is it that I really want? Because we've been living in a default mode, right? When you're living in default mode, you're not even considering what it is you really want in your life. You can't start the next chapter of your life if you keep rereading the last one. And that's kind of what being stuck in the in-between is. We just keep rereading the last chapter of our life without looking at what the next chapter is going to be. When you think about what you want the next chapter of your life to be, don't get stuck with all the middle stuff. Like, how is this story going to unfold? How am I going to write it? How is it? All those hows, hows, hows. Have you ever heard, like, don't get stuck in all those hows? Yeah. 
got to let that stuff go. When you are looking to start the next chapter of your life, you want to write the ending of that chapter first. What is going to be the end of that new chapter? For me, when I took the first step into the next chapter of my life, I knew the ending was I'm a successful life coach helping other people in the world doing this really satisfying, purposeful work, I knew that was the ending. It was hard at the time for me to believe that that ending could actually happen because I didn't know what all the middle stuff of the chapter was going to be. But I knew what I wanted the ending to be. And that's the first step. What is going to be the ending of this next chapter of your life? How do you want that to end? What is it that you want for yourself? You have to kind of get clear on your own priorities to do this. Like thinking about what's important to you right now in your life. Do you want to spend more time with family? Do you want more financial security? Maybe you do dream of starting your own company. Maybe you just want more freedom in time so that you can do creative things. Figuring out your priorities is a really important place to start because then you're going to know what you truly want and you can take the next step towards that. When you know what you truly want, you're going to be able to write what the ending is for your next chapter. Okay. Is it easy to go through that to the next chapter of your life. No, it can be a little uncomfortable. It can feel a little daunting. It can feel scary. And that's okay. You know, we want to back off of feeling scared. We want to not experience that because it's like, oh, I don't want to feel scared. So I'll just sit here in the in-between. If you don't have the courage to feel a little uncomfortable about it, if you are too afraid of failing at trying something, then you're stuck in the in-between. You just fail ahead of time because you never make the attempt. I would have never been able to step into the next chapter of my life if I was not willing to fail a whole bunch of times at a whole bunch of things. And, but here's the thing, I never ever considered it to be like failure. Like I'm just going to give up and walk away from this. To me, it felt like that wasn't an option. Coaching is what I was doing with the rest of my life. And so walking away from it, I just didn't even consider that an option. So when I tried something for my business and it failed and trust me, it didn't feel good to fail at these things. But I could look at that and go, okay, what part of that worked out and what thing would I want to change the next time I try this, right? Like what didn't work? What one thing might I try differently the next time? And then I would go back and try it again. And if you keep doing that process over and over on something, eventually it works. Nobody ever succeeded without failing at stuff. Let's get really clear about that. Anybody that you see out there that you're like, wow, they're so successful. This is so awesome. 
They must just be this special person. No, they're just like you, 100% worthy, 100% lovable, and 100% capable. The difference is that they got out there and failed a whole bunch of times before they finally succeeded. You just don't know about the failures because you probably didn't hear about them until they were successful at what they were doing. <laughs> right? You're never going to see the photos and the videos of all the embarrassing moments unless, you know, they're an actor and they put together a blooper reel, which those are just funny and entertaining. And we find it endearing that these actors are making mistakes right? Other people make a mistake and we think it's endearing. We make a mistake and we think it's the end of the world as we know it. <laughs> it's okay. No, you have to be willing to make those mistakes. You have to be willing to understand that everything that's going on in the world around you is not you. And the thoughts you think about it doesn't make up who you are. Okay. You can do a thought download about everything you're thinking about a certain thing in the world. Just write out all your thoughts as fast as you can without filtering them. And then when you look at that piece of paper and see what your brain has been playing, right? What's the recordings going on in your brain? You're going to be shocked. You're going to be like, wow, no wonder I feel so terrible about that. Look at what my brain has been telling me. And then you begin to understand, hey, I don't have to believe those thoughts. I don't even have to have those thoughts. Those thoughts may pop up again, but when they do, I'm going to be like, well, that's not true. <laughs> already, brain, I already looked at that thought and I know it's not true. Don't stay stuck in the in-between. Don't get wrapped up in how is it going to work, Right? Like if you're thinking that the, at the end of my next chapter, I'm going to be on stage dancing because I've always loved to dance and I've always wanted to get back to it. And I don't know how that's going to happen because I'm not 25 years old anymore. And like who's dancing on stage at my age or who's dancing on stage at my weight or with my bad knees, forget about, cause now you're going into all the house. Do you see how that happens? If you think the end of your next chapter is that you are able to dance again, don't get all caught up in how that's going to work. You just start writing that chapter. You just start taking the first step. Like what is one thing I could do towards getting back into dancing again? And that's where you start. And you keep your eye on the end of your chapter. As long as you keep your eye on the end of what that new chapter is going to be, you will keep going towards it. So you guys, that's kind of like the first two little pieces of coaching and talking about how, how do you go about creating the next chapter of your life? And do you want to do that? Or do you want to just stay stuck in the in-between? Stay stuck in the upside down, right? Ah, that's not a comfortable place to be. So the only way that you do start to move out of the in-between and stop reliving the same day over and over and over again is to look at what you're thinking, what your brain is telling you about the world around you and start choosing a few new thoughts to think, a few new beliefs about yourself and it begins to shift everything. Go have a fabulous week. It is 
as I record this, the first day of spring. I'm delighted about that. It's one of my favorite things on planet Earth is spring, right? So get out there and enjoy some of the springtime weather. Don't stay stuck in the in-between. Start working on your next chapter. Love you guys. Bye.